Welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Vengeance Matt. I knew some bit was coming. <laughs> Vengeance Matt, what do people do? Like, subscribe, and beat criminals to a pulp. It's actually not a terrible Lego Batman impression. <laughs> I'll take it. A Will Arnett version of it. It's Will Arnett, right? Yeah. What a weird guy to choose for a Batman voice. He's got a deep, gravelly voice. Except not when he's just normally talking. Kind of does. I mean, does it's it? not gravelly. It's deep, though. It's resonant. It's got a nice tone to it. Yeah. I find it appealing. Want to talk about Kenobi? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Matt, what you been up to? <laughs> uh, well, one big thing, which we'll get to in a moment here, yes. um, but a couple of That's other things. That's what the episode is. Yes. Be. Um, I watched The Power of the Dog with Andrew. The Power of the Dog. With Andrew's not part of the title. I right, went to see. Andrew's house and watched. No, I wasn't invited. Because well, we were going to have sex after. How come I wasn't invited? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Because we we got our, a little routine of movie nights Fair that enough. we hadn't done in like a year and a half. Yeah, no routine. <laughs> now have done Fair again. Um, but yeah, uh, we watched Power of the Dog. It's a new Netflix original movie that came out, I guess, right about the end of last year because it's... Uh, they wanted to get Oscar nominations under the under their belt, um, and they got twelve of them. So it's yeah. uh, it's that's something. Um, it is a western. It's set in 1925 in um, rural Montana, um, mostly on a ranch owned by a pair of brothers, played by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons. Oh um benedict cumberdick and plessy jimmins that's the one um and uh benedict cumberbatch is basically the main character of the movie and a total jerk just like a real piece of work like it's fun to watch how much of a jerk he is but it's also like ooh, that feels like it's not cartoonish it's like this is someone who is intelligent and charismatic and uses that to just tear people down and good it's kind of horrifying but kind (laughs) of kind of kind of fun in sort of a sick way maybe i'm just a psychopath um jesse plemons is kind of his for lack of a better word doofy brother um he's not like a um he's not like a comedic character but he's just he's kind of salt of the earth not particularly bright um not particularly funny but you know he's just he's kind of a decent guy he's making his way in the universe um i don't know why that was the right i mean i know why because it's something i used in the last one but i don't know why it came to mind at that particular moment um anyway uh he marries uh kirsten dunst oh mary jane yeah um not kirsten dunst the actress a character played by kirsten dunst um who has uh nearly grown son uh played by cody smith mcphee who you might recognize as uh nightcrawler from the new newer x-men oh okay um he's been in some other stuff too he's he's kind of been around he's one of those guys that he's like yeah he's been in like four or five things i've seen but i can't remember what they are (laughs) um he's really good in it um and so it's kind of just a lot about the domestic tensions that arise as um uh, Kirsten Dunst and Cody Smith McPhee's characters are brought into the family and Benedict Cumberbatch is just absolutely vicious to them for a while. Um, and there's some very interesting twists along the way. Um, 
If you've read much about the movie, you probably know what they are, or at least have a good guess. I don't know at all. Okay, I'll I'll leave that for your imagination then. Okay. Um, uh, everyone has sex multiple times with everybody else. No. <laughs> Darn it. Nope. Uh, everyone kills each other multiple times with everyone else closer oh oh no <laughs> secretly a zombie movie oh shit no um yeah no it's uh it's quite good it's very unsettling um partly just because benedict bennett ben, i was gonna i was trying to do it straight and i benedict you're in my head benedict cumberbatch benedict cumberbatch <laughs> <laughs> uh um partly because he's just such an unpleasant character but like effectively unpleasant um partly just because uh the you know the scenery is this gorgeous sweeping kind of hostile western um uh landscape the the sort of the bare hills and fields of montana mm-hmm. um gorgeous um the the score is really good sort of it reminded me sort of of there will be blood okay um just sort of sort of edges around some tonal stuff at times but also there's a lot of just noise and atmospheric eeriness um uh it's just it's it's kind of slow slow burn takes its time to to figure out what the characters are you spend a good chunk of the movie wondering what uh benedict cumberbatch's deal is and then a good chunk of the movie after that um trying to figure out why he's doing what he's doing next okay um and then it takes some unexpected and very interesting turns at the end um it turns it, out he saw 14 million futures and he the only way to make the correct one happen is to to be a big old benedict yep he does the thing that you hate me for <laughs> I hate a lot of things about you. What? The revolutionary etude thing. Oh, God. He, he does that at one point. God. <laughs> For context, when Matt and I first met, I hated his guts because I was working really hard on Chopin's revolutionary yeah, revolutionary etude. And I'm not a particularly talented pianist, but that was always like my dream piece to be able to play. And I had started working on it and I played it a little bit at the church, just kind of messing around. And then I get up, then Matt sits down, plays it. And like the pretentious music major he was. And I hated his guts for like a year and a half. Yep. And now we're at each other's weddings. Yeah. Still hate each other, but. Still hate each other with a fiery passion. Absolutely. I cannot get away from you. Yeah. But I... this podcast is just so wildly successful that. <sighs> we gotta do. Gotta it's do it's, it's do. for the fans. It's for the listeners. This is for you. I. I have been looking at his stupid face for the last 57 minutes and 51 seconds, not counting the drive time over here. Or the small time of refilling and getting my gin. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, But it uh, that's a sacrifice I have to make. Anyway, power of the dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, the characters are ultimately kind of all predictable. Um, they all fall into certain sort of pre-established archetypes um, and they kind of do things that you would sort of expect but um it's just it's very effectively drawn um 
And I think it plays nicely against the Western setting. This is something I'll talk about more in some future <gasps> content related episodes a little bit. Oh, But uh, contrasting sort of themes of personal isolation and masculinity and playing off those a little bit. Um, it's, it's got some interesting things to say and find some interesting ways to say them. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch, um, but it's it's a really solid one. All right. Nice. I is that it? Eight out of ten. Solidly recommend. Oh wow. Okay. I might uh put, throw that on my. Yep. It's also the most Oscar-nominated movie of the year. So. When did Oscars happen? Uh, they've been. Uh, I mean, they haven't been done yet. Oh. Nominations are out. Oh. When did that happen? Months ago. No, I don't pay attention to things anymore. Yeah. I'm too busy running a company. Yep. Anything else? Um, I read a bunch of Batman comics. Oh yeah, you did. Uh, I read Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Yep. Um, it's probably my fifth time reading Long Halloween, and I'm coming. I'm kind of coming around on it. I have never like liked it before. It before. Mm. Um, I always felt like it was more paying lip service to the detective idea than actually watching him doing any detecting. It was mm. more just like, hey, let's do a clue out here, and then Batman just kind of blunders about not knowing what's going on. <laughs> um. And there's some cleverness in there. I I feel like I appreciated it more this time out. I still think it is a little more superficial than um, some of its defenders Mm -hmm. like to claim. But it's, I mean, it's enjoyable. You get a a good look at all the villains um, and it does some uh, some fun things in the world. Um, And it nicely sets up the the Two-Face origin, I think. Um, So yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, Dark Victory, I think, is kind of just the it's the national treasure book of secrets to national treasure it's the same thing but not quite as interesting or well done or believable yeah um but yeah it's it's solid you get introduction to robin um if you're gonna read some batman comics they're they're good ones to to have under your belt um and i'll say that i my opinion is not commonly held most people really like those ones and i think they're just kind of fun um and then i read batman zero year yep uh so the new 52 run about batman on his first year back as being batman yeah um going toe-to-toe with the riddler the riddler yeah wonder why you read it uh we'll get to it yeah um comics are weird I knew that was coming <laughs> yeah i don't remember how much i liked it i don't actually remember a whole lot about it okay which should say something. Yeah. Um, neither do I. And I read it a week ago. <laughs> so. <laughs> I. Yeah, no, I don't remember much of it all. I remember liking it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoyed it. It's just real wacky. Yeah. Um, the Riddler conquers the city and forces people to ask him riddles. <laughs> oh, yeah. He wants people. He wants someone <laughs> to stump him. Yeah. I'll get into that a little bit more when we get into the review. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the, I mean, a lot of the plot points are at least superficially drawn upon or not a lot of the plot points, but some of the plot points are sort of superficially drawn upon in, um, the Batman. Really? Uh, some of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, at least in the second half. Um, uh, 
I feel like I was having some trouble appreciating the first half because there's a lot of stuff with the Red Hood gang and I have like no background for them at all. Yeah. That bit, I actually remember not liking pretty much at all. Okay. I don't like any of the Red Hood stuff. Okay. Unless we're assuming, and so, okay, Red, not Red Hood being the Joker's or quote unquote origin story. Right. Unless we, unless it's canon that he was just lying about that and that's not actually his origin story, mm-hmm. I don't like that stuff. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like that he was involved in that and all that yeah. shit. Yep. Uh, yeah. No. So that's a that's a weird one. Um, it's it's pretty good, but it's something that you probably have to have quite a bit more background in the character to actually jump into. Um, but it's a it's a good time if you're prepared for it and yeah. willing to go for the ride. Um, uh, we finished Wizards of Waverly Place. Wow. So a... you watch the movie? Uh, the first movie. But there's another one. Yeah, there's like a sequel that they made after the show, Alex versus Alex. What? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, okay, like don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we watched the first movie uh, when it occurred in the in the course of the the series. Oh, gotcha. Um, wait, there's show after that? Yeah, it's like it's when like they do the competition, right? Sort of. Uh, they do the competition, but then it's like retconned out of existence by the end of the movie or something. Oh, okay. Um classic not changing the status quo yep except apparently the kim possible movie does but the kim possible movie isn't on disney plus so we got halfway through see kim possible and now we're stuck (laughs) (laughs) have to like get it on dvd or something i should do that get it on vhs there we go because that's something i have the capability to play in my home yeah just (laughs) spin it real hard and look at the tape that's the plan that's how it works yeah um yeah, no, Wizards of Waverly Place. So we've been, um, mostly Hannah has been watching back through the old Disney Channel shows just as like something to fall back on and have comfort during busy season when she's stressed out and yeah. working ridiculous hours. Um, and so we did uh, uh, Sweet Life a couple years ago and then Sweet Life on Deck, and those are both pretty solid. Um, we did That's So Raven, which starts out pretty good and then just falls off a cliff. It gets <laughs> real bad real quick um and then uh we did wizards and wizards is good huh. it is it is a solid show um and it kind of gets better throughout okay. like the last season the characters are all a little older and so you can get a little sassier and a little uh edgier with the humor sort of and yeah um i mean it's a it's still a, a dumb disney channel show but it's there's some solid writing in there it's it's pretty fun all right so if you're if you're feeling if you've had the conversation with yourself of like, oh, I'm, I want to have a Disney nostalgia kick, but then the inevitable, oh, it's going to be terrible. I don't want to go back and rewatch it and ruin my impression of it. Go back and rewatch it. It's it's pretty fun. I never Hannah saw Montana it. Montana bad? Uh, it's not as good as some of those other ones. Okay. We watched a little bit of it. It was not so good. Yeah. Not terrible, but just not too much. Gotcha. All right. I think that's it. That's all, all right. I've got. You got anything else? No. I have done very little of substance. Okay. Let me besides up. the big one. The Batman. The Batman. We're gonna review the Batman. The Batman. Uh we're gonna do it in our classic fashion. Yep. Uh kind of flop though. You're gonna hear uh some uh pretty generic 
I am blanking so hard. Because <laughs> we're going to do it like spoilers first and then yep. like a... You're going to hear like a generic kind of uh, overview review of like what we how we felt about it mm-hmm. uh, that we actually recorded at the end of the review. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you haven't seen it yet, stop right there. We'll do a kind of a big <coughs> old deal of spoiler. No, we can't. We won't because we do spoilers first. Yep. All right. We'll get it right. Let's, should, we, uh, should we do a non-spoiler recap? Non-spoilers. Matt, okay. what'd you think? I loved this movie. It is... It's a it's a long, slow, close to three hour movie, but it is tightly constructed and everything fits together and everything has a purpose. Um, everything kind of calls back to itself. Everything has a reason. Um, and it's just it's a delight to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a grim, unpleasant, upsetting movie, but <laughs> <laughs> within that framework, yeah. it's a it's a it's a masterpiece of construction. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Do you have an, a a big picture repartee to me? It uh, you you got the construction of the movie down. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it handles Batman in a realistic way, and also still one hundred percent understanding the yes. character and making it feel good and real, and all of the characters involved are yeah. like good and real. Yeah. Uh, and it just feels good to watch it all the way through. Yep. I this is the best Batman movie ever mm-hmm. made, and I will fight people to the death about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, just to jump in, it uh, I had expressed some concerns about the number of villains that they were trying to cram into the movie mm-hmm. ahead of time when they you were do. announcing yeah. casting of Riddler and Penguin and Catwoman and Falcone's in it, and yeah. it's like, okay, this is getting to be a lot of movie here, but everything works yeah. and everything feels like it gets the screen time and the attention it deserves. Yep. Um, Catwoman is fantastic. Zoe Kravitz steals the show. Yep. Great performance, great execution of the character. Um, Penguin is slimy and unpleasant in just the exact kind of way you want. Yep. Um, Riddler is very different from the comic book interpretations, Mm -hmm. but a satisfying interpretation nonetheless. Um, Falcone is also very different and interesting in his own way. Yep. And Pattinson's representation of Batman is jaw-dropping as a novice-ish Batman mm-hmm. who's still learning all the lessons along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, although, albeit the Bruce Wayne persona is non-existent. Yeah. Which it is fine for mm-hmm. the purpose of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, hope to see it in the next movie, but yeah. uh, it's this is a Batman movie, not a Bruce Wayne and Batman movie. Yes. Um, and, oh, we didn't really even talk about this in the spoiler bits. Uh, man, they really didn't drown us with Easter eggs and stuff. No. It, and like, there were a few in there, but mm-hmm. nothing that like pulls you out of the movie. It's like, oh, that's an Easter egg. Yeah. The it's only, like, oh. the only thing that could have been like that is there's a cutesy moment with the penguin. Yeah. Um, that you didn't even notice. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. I appreciated it, but it, it wasn't. We didn't talk cutesy. about Jeffrey Wright. Oh my gosh. We forgot about Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> he's great at this unbelievable and we forgot about probably him probably <laughs> the best uh gordon um me. i might i might stick with uh um uh old, old gary man yeah old gary man 
Um, I might, yeah, I might stick with Gary Oldman. Still 100% solid, yeah. I, really good. Yeah. Really good performance. It's, uh, um, it feels like a different version of the character. Yes. Um. And it's like the same thing, like, as the Riddler. Different mm-hmm. version of the character, but absolutely, like, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. In some sense, it's very true to just the role that that character needs to occupy, I guess. Right. If not necessarily the true essence of him from the comics. Yeah um yeah no really good um the the music is very good yeah um not not flawless not flawless i think i think zimmer's scores are better um taken on the whole yeah but nothing to complain about here yeah Uh, well minor things to complain about that we do complain about in the spoiler section which i guess we could get specific here but why would we get that specific i think it doesn't matter um yeah, mostly the only real complaints um, were the action is not fantastic, and Batman's a little tanky. At and times. by by not fantastic, we mean not like jaw dropping combat. Yeah, but it's not bad. It's, no, it's just also not the point of the movie. Yeah, it's just not memorable. Yeah. Um. So let's do our big spoilers deal right now. Just spoil. We're gonna. Have a sp- Spoil the movie. We're spoiling the movie. We're going to spoil the movie. The movie's getting like, spoiled. Like Zack Snyder did the character and then Matt Reeves somehow turned back time and unspoiled because you can't unspoil milk. So like I couldn't really, I had nowhere to go with that bit. The, yeah, that was I had highly to go ineffective. into the whole timey-wimey. Yeah. Completely different in, uh, <laughs> franchise. <laughs> uh, we're going to do this this way. The way we usually do it. Okay. The, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. First, good, what we liked about it, the bad, uh, except in this case, kind of, at least in my case, probably yours too, not really bad, just a little less of the good. Yeah. And then the ugly, things that differ from the uh, uh, source material, and mm-hmm. if it either served the movie or yeah, it probably would have been better to stick to the source material. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Hopefully Gage can cobble this monstrosity of an introduction. Good luck, Gage. Good luck, Gage. Love you. Uh, the good. Pretty much Damn all near of everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, let's just start with. I w- I want to start with the big thing. The big thing that I walked away from this. Actually, you made the joke at mm-hmm. the end of it that this was the best Superman movie ever. Yes. I appreciated the joke. <laughs> This is the best Batman movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, by that I mean, The Dark Knight is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I watched a review of someone talking about that in hindsight, having seen the Batman, mm-hmm. and like, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly groundbreaking. By very many metrics. Not so much. Um, What it did do is bring a superhero to a critically renowned movie and Mm -hmm. a global acceptance of the character. Mm -hmm. Which is the first time it's been done. Um, I mean, everyone liked the Spider-Man movie, but like those kind of movies, like they had their niche. They had the people that were like superhero movies. But Dark Knight, he managed to get people who don't traditionally, who, who wouldn't be drawn to a superhero movie mm-hmm. to like that movie. Yes. Which is a really great achievement. Mm-hmm. And the movie is like fantastic 
sound, fantastic score, fantastic mm-hmm. cinematography, t- fantastic plot, fantastic villain. Absolutely. That is, I would, I don't know if I would say groundbreaking, but mm-hmm. absolutely like top tier, yes. like S tier level yes. acting and character. Uh, the Joker is the one we're specifically talking about. Yeah. Um, what, you weren't enraptured by the cameo <laughs> appearance of Scarecrow at the beginning? I have words about that. I'm not going to worry about it right now, though. Okay. Uh, but it, if you could take, if you took that movie and reskinned it away from a superhero, mm-hmm. it, you could still have that movie, basically. It, like, yeah. it didn't really need to be a Batman movie, particularly. Right. There were a lot of things about the Batman character that were not exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit of like tweaks that he made to like make it a little bit more grounded and like yeah. something with a Joker and all that stuff. The most interesting detective work he does is a, recon- computer. a computer reconstructing fingerprints exactly. off of a shattered bullet. That is always the thing that I go to when I think about like you it's know, a little it's like wacky. The Batman is the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. In the Dark Knight trilogy, the Batman's computer is the world's greatest detective. Yeah. Uh, this. Matt Reeves, the director and writer of this movie, mm-hmm. is the first director and writer that I have seen that understands Batman mm-hmm. all the way. Absolutely. Um. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of getting to the ugly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have one nitpick, but it's it's I'll talk about it in the ugly. Okay. He understands what drives this character and what his goal is mm-hmm. and he shows that in the first 15 minutes yep there's actually a pretty so of the arkham series i'm gonna jump over to games real quick oh boy all of right the arkham series arkham origins is off as uh unequivocally the weakest of the four games mm-hmm. it's still a pretty good game the weakest sure however it does have a really good monologue of okay. batman screaming at alfred which is a it's a good way to do it classic thing where he says, I don't know the lines directly, and my, if my phone wasn't dead, I would look it up. I would too, but I'm, I'm not going to It says along the lines of, I'm not the one, my goal is not to stop every criminal. My goal is that when criminals look up and see the bat signal, and they look into a dark corner, that it's the fear that I might be there mm-hmm. that makes them second guess what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they did that in the first 15 minutes of oh, the movie. Oh, did they? <laughs> oh my god, that was a beautiful sequence. That was so good. It just, like, that, like from the, like, I was hyped mm-hmm. about this movie. I was like, I think, I think this is going to be a great Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And then once that sequence happened, I was like, I am 100% sold on this movie. Yeah. All the way through. Yeah. There may have been bad things that happened throughout the rest of the movie, but that sequence landed it for me 100%. Absolutely. And the voiceover, like, while I was hearing, because that's kind of a weird thing to do, that sort of voiceover mm-hmm. in a movie like this, but it, it reads like like something out of the first pages of a comic. Right, exactly. And it lands so perfectly with it. Yes. I think you probably could have done the scene without it, honestly. You right. probably could have killed the voiceover entirely, but... I I like the inclusion of it as sort get, of a comic yeah, sensibility. Exactly. And we get like, if you take it out, you would have lost a little bit of like the introduction to what this Batman feels. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like, you get both what Batman is feeling 
and also what his accomplishments are. Yes. In one scene. Um, and that's actually, so, uh, with the voiceover thing, uh, I actually thought that too, like while it was going, I was like, this feels like you're reading, like, it's just kind of like this doing this like panel by panel city mm-hmm. shots and you're like reading the narrative and something like that. Mm-hmm. I also read it as this is a noir movie mm-hmm. in every noir thing. There's the guy doing like the voiceover. Yep. And like, that's, that's kind of what this was. It was yeah. in journaling basically. Yeah. I mean, he actually literally he actually journals journaled. at one yeah. point. <laughs> um, so that immediately was like the him understanding the character. And there were several points throughout the rest of the movie that I'm not going to highlight. I just really wanted to yeah. center in on that one. But yeah. several other points where it's just like, that, this is Batman. Yeah. Um. And then. And well, let me yeah, really ahead. quick. And we're cul- going to have to interject. Yes. Because you're just, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> and then the way he culminates that scene with Batman emerging out of the shadows, yes. like a horror movie monster. <laughs> That's what that's supposed to be. Exactly. That's what that's like, supposed to feel like. That's what they are afraid is going to happen. That's 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 the first time I've felt that in a Batman anything, probably since the like the very first appearance in Batman Begins when he's in the docks and just like yes. popping out. Yeah. Yep. That yeah. is just like it recaptured that feeling for me. And then it's like it's it it also highlighted that like scene did a really good job of highlighting how since he's still somewhat early in the career, mm-hmm. there are people who are starting to know that he's a thing, yeah. but also some people that don't. And so like you get that little gang of goons and like mm-hmm. he chooses them because like he knows that they're gonna like be like, Ooh, who the f are you? And then he's just gonna be like, Time for you to go to coma. <laughs> <laughs> um So Do you wanna talk about Pattinson's per, uh uh portrayal or do you wanna talk about the detective stuff first? Let's uh, let's keep it with the character for now. Okay. So detective stuff. So detective stuff. Um, the first. So it's like the second scene mm-hmm. after the murder. Mm-hmm. And he's walking in, and like they're talking. Mm-hmm. This was a masterclass in showing how Batman is the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. That he walks into a room of detectives yep. who are actively doing their job. They are detecting all over that room. Immediately looks at something, looks at a person who's taking pictures, and they go, oh shit, and then take pictures. And then through that scene, <laughs> he is basically finding things that they haven't noticed yet. Yep. Like, and so, like, that, when I saw that scene, I was like, they are doing the full case all the way through from beginning to end. And they're going to show how he is better at this than all of them. Yep. And like, it's just like, he's being a detective and like, yeah. and then the, uh, the, the ding on the ground, mm-hmm. obviously like when the, like it's, uh, I've always talked about how I'm really good at reading foreshadowing, mm-hmm. not exactly foreshadowing, but I'm really good at catching, Cherkov's Chekhov's gun. Chekhov? Cherkov? Chekhov. Chekhov's gun. Mm-hmm. Markov chains Chekhov's yeah, gun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh when the um carpet uh wedge hits the ground mm-hmm. and it sit and it sits on that. Like the camera sits on that for a little bit mm-hmm. during the murder. And then he looks at that and then they take a picture. Mm-hmm. That's them showing this is gonna come back. Yeah. And the fact that way later, when he sees that thing, that mm-hmm. he didn't see that in the first scene, did he? He didn't see the actual 
carpet thing because they had evidence bagged it. Right? I think, I think so. I think the first time he saw it was towards the end when mm-hmm. he takes it out and it's like, oh, that's like a carpet. Like, was like, that's the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's the carpet thing. He's like, yeah, it's consistent with the mark that was on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's him being the world's greatest detective and remembering every single thing about the case. Every tiny detail, including literally yeah. the shape of the mark it made on the ground. Yeah. And it's just like, all the way through. Yeah. There was like, I'll get into it in the bad. It's it's so easy for uh, someone to say, oh, we're going to do a Batman detective story. And they kind of, they pay lip service to it. You know, they have mm-hmm. him analyze the fingerprints off the ballistics of the shattered bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever it is in like the first act. And it kind of sets it up. And then they just action movie it from there. Yeah. But like the whole time he's the chasing clues. Movie. It's And it's so linked together. Yeah. I think big picture my my biggest thing that i appreciated about this movie is how well everything fits together yeah um not just the detective stuff but especially the detective stuff like the whole time it's just him unraveling the same mystery and peeling back the pieces bit by bit and it feels like a real thing yes it's so easy to tell a mystery story and just have it be random clue random clue random clue random clue i'll just make up some nonsense to make it all fit together well and like it definitely helps that it's the riddler yeah like they are deliberate clues that he knows there are solutions to yep and so it does give him it does give the movie a little bit of like Mm -hmm. room to like ah put clues and clues and clues because it's like yep yeah the riddler placed it there yep and let me let me jump off of that to another thing i appreciated the riddler is often kind of a i mean i'm imagining riddler from like the 1960s batman where it's a, it's a stupid character it was just like i'm just compelled to leave clues and riddles and then in this one he leaves clues and it's like it's deliberate but it's paying off towards something yes and that is just masterfully done like i said everything ties together everything has a purpose the i yeah i don't have much more to add i i want to just like emphasize exactly <laughs> what you said that like the reason that the Riddler is doing all this makes sense. Yes. The whole thing. Like, he's literally just like, I want to be, like, you are my weapon. Yeah. And it's, like, such a beautiful, like, mm-hmm. uh, that, that... I'll get into the ugly of it later, mm-hmm. of, like, why it's not exactly comic accurate. Sure. But it is a beautiful, uh, uh interpretation of the riddler yes just and that interrogation scene near the end where he reveals that he was the clues were using batman the whole time and the stomach just drops out of you you're like oh snap he he was already two steps ahead of him oh there's layers within the layers yep masterful i love that about it too because it's like again and this is this is kind of like a broader thing too that I can probably segue into it. That like, sure. This is year two Batman. Mm-hmm. This isn't year one Dark Knight Batman where he has the full cave full of gadgets and everything and he's like super brilliant and makes no mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is year two Batman who's a human and although he is very close to superhuman, he's mm-hmm. not. Right. And he's still new to the whole thing and isn't seeing all of the big picture yet Mm -hmm. and so like it feels real when he gets to that ending Mm -hmm. and he's like like that real is that when he has a real like when the stomach drops like yeah feel your stomach drop his does too and you see that and he's like holy shit i've been being played and like 
you can like even see and maybe i'm like reading into it too much like you can see him learning that lesson yeah like on the screen yeah absolutely (laughs) and like that that's batman yes like it's when he's young and early like he makes mistakes the jump off the building Mm -hmm. was such a beautiful blunder of the batman (laughs) to like he like he didn't have like the super cool gadget the, yeah. the cape that he can just like activate with static and then fly like he was like i'm gonna put on like airbags and then <laughs> hope i survive it was like that was like a very last ditch resort like yeah. like he pulled those like uh, it's a life jacket that that's not going back in yeah and he was like i have to jump and then he jumps and then like makes a miscalculation gets yoinked by the yep. by the bridge and slams into a car and then he died and he died <laughs> but like that i loved that that they mm-hmm. let him make mistakes mm-hmm. tiny mistakes yeah but like crucial mistakes because of the stakes that he is running at mm-hmm. let me let me say this is going to be kind of thematically segueing, but mm-hmm. um Another thing that I loved that they did that I have almost never found convincing in a Batman story is the idea of Batman being an escalation point. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of stories will say this. So the last scene of Batman Begins is uh, Batman and uh, Gordon on the the roof of Gotham PD, um, and Gotham's like, well, what about? Or Gordon's like, well, what about escalation? We buy. We buy bulletproof vests. They buy uh, armor-piercing rounds. We buy semi-automatic. They go full auto. Um, You come out, and now there's this guy. Leaves a calling card. And so it's like, okay, but I don't feel the causality. Right. It's just like, okay, I I can sort of see how that would make sense rationally, but I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. With this one, partly the Riddler, but the one that got me is on the the catwalk at the end, after he's beaten all the, like, secondary Riddlers, Mm -hmm. he's... Uh, he asks one of them, who are you? And he says, I am vengeance. Yeah. And like the mirror of this is a guy who's been wronged by the system. Who's like been isolated, been destroyed. It would be so easy for their paths to be the same. Yeah. And you feel that yep. you don't just see it. You don't just rationally appreciate it. You feel, Oh snap. This vengeance driven Batman is, he is spawning imitators yeah. in their own twisted way. And it, you, you get it. Yeah. And like, oh shit, I had a point. It was, it was there real quickly and then it disappeared. Oh no. I'll just jump in with another yeah, thing while you think of that. <laughs> and that would have been a possible place to end the movie on that kind of ambiguous lesson. But finishing it off, giving him that chance to make the choice and actually realize that he's something more. He's a symbol. He's a symbol of hope. He's got the the bat no, on his chest on his foot. No, but... no, Snyder. <laughs> no but but letting him be not just batman the crazy rich guy that punches people in a bat suit because it's fun Mm -hmm. being an actual superhero yeah and that ideal we haven't i mean dark knight rises kind of again says some stuff about that and they make a nice little statue of him at the end but you don't feel it the same way you do in this one where it is a deliberate answer to the challenge that the riddler has set him Mm -hmm. he said look we're after the same thing. We're both after vengeance. We both wear a mask and do horrifying things to achieve our, our ends and make the city a better place. And Batman rises above that. Yeah. The dark well, Knight rises. Yes. No. And uh, so you, thank God you ended on that point. Cause that's very close to what I was going to say. Yes. Is it like what, 
needs to happen in a case specifically like Batman, mm-hmm. where it is he's a hero that edges on anti-hero and yes. like ethical questions that needs to be thrown directly in his face yes for his character to grow absolutely and that's what happened in this movie is mm-hmm. it was just like it and it didn't happen until the last like 20 minutes and then Less it was just that. relentlessly yeah. throwing all of his ideals right back in his face absolutely and he either like learned a little bit and like grow like rose above it Mm -hmm. or like cemented certain aspects of his ideals yeah reframed his priorities and that is like that that's what that's what makes a good batman story and that's what looking forward as inevitably Mm -hmm. we get a trilogy from this because god they would be stupid like (laughs) no smart businessman would decide to not make a follow-up to this like they've left themselves enough groundwork they made comfortable nine figures at the box office opening yep. weekend domestically um yeah i love when batman's morality gets put through the like put through the grinder mm-hmm. and like what does this actually mean yeah those are the best batman stories he's challenged like, and he grows he's got an actual character arc yeah and like there's not very many other superheroes you can do that about like yeah what is what's wrong with superman's morality he's just a boy scout like there's yeah. you can't really do that kind of story with him you no. can do that with batman and you need to do that with batman yes especially early on mm-hmm. if they had just made him like oh like a gung-ho dark knight begin or uh uh batman begins where mm-hmm. it's just like yeah it doesn't really get thrown in his face like then you kind of get like a little desensitized to it you're like oh okay yeah. fine this is batman he, he's fine he's a good hero all like this is i'm on board with him mm-hmm. but like if you introduce this hero as ah, kind of like that then like you have a really compelling batman for the rest of your movies exactly because he's always gonna draw back to that first movie yep oh what else that's batman we've just talked about batman we haven't talked about any of the other characters any of the other characters (laughs) let's catwoman catwoman holy i need a catwoman movie oh that was good they're talking about giving her her own hbo series too i need nothing more (laughs) this again Matt Reeves understands these characters. Exactly. He understands their relationship. Yeah. This is... Dark Knight Rises is a fine movie. The relationship between Batman and Catwoman is absolutely wrong. And I hate their relationship. (laughs) This was just so perfect. It was just Mm -hmm. like they constantly like came close and then separated and came close and then separated. And like... And it's... It's not like Catwoman like playing with him. Like she's... I think she is the first time. So they... Yeah, they have three 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 sort of romantically tinged interactions. Yeah. Let's say um, the first time she's definitely just using him, yeah. and Batman's a. I mean, in this movie, let's be honest, he's kind of a poor, lonely nerd. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so she's exploiting and that, and she's also incredibly seductive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which they nailed that aspect of her mm-hmm. character. Um, the second one, I feel like they did it without being too sexist. I'm a man, can't say that. No, but <laughs> I need it to get was. A girl to tell me that it was. It it never felt gratuitous to my eyes. Right. Um, I never felt like my my male gaze was being serviced too right. much. If you <laughs> if you say, um, the second so the second time that they kiss is like they're genuinely 
both like actually having feelings for each other and on the same side and then the third time is right before they leave and they all he he's like trying to initiate it but they it doesn't they don't actually kiss and it's just kind of like the sort of the bittersweet ending and it's just it's a it's a perfect they they do that a lot where they'll repeat something three times in the movie and each time it means something yeah it's a trip typical movie trope but it's it's played so effectively and it's like the thing about their relationship is that they are direct mirrors of each other Mm mm-hmm he does some questionable things for the greater good, and she is doing very questionable things kind of for herself, mm-hmm. but also like, and it's like, it's really hard to describe without actually really understanding, like reading a lot right. of like, the good stuff between the two of them. And like their interest in each other is a very uh, self-exposing interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What they like about each other uh kind of makes them realize things about themselves. Yeah. And that's something that's like like she finds his kind of like twisted nobility mm-hmm. fascinating and like what he's doing. Like he's yeah. a good guy, but he's also not like a boy scout. Yeah. She like doesn't like Superman because he's just a boy scout. Yeah. But like Batman's like willing to bend some morality yep. to do the right thing. And she is like she comes through when it matters mm-hmm. and like is also kind of like tragic. Yeah. And that draws him mm-hmm. like they're both tragic. Like they're kind of drawn to each other's tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just such a great relationship. Also mm-hmm. to stop focusing on the relationship. She is just fucking amazing in this movie. Great character. Great oh performance. My God. Zoe Kravitz. I want more of her. I was slightly skeptical <laughs> when she was cast in this role, and I hereby retract everything dumb I may or may not have said at the time. Uh, <laughs> she killed it. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like, Pattinson is a good Batman. Um, he doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, I feel like. I will directly contradict that in a little bit. Okay. Let's focus on Catwoman, though. Okay. I th- I think he's a good, ba- uh, good but the, the real star of this movie is, is Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Yes. Uh, when it comes to having a character that is dynamic and does a lot, yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, I absolutely love Pattinson's Batman. I think he's the best portrayal of Batman. Interesting. Uh, with the exception of that the fanfic or the fan, oh. fan film. <laughs> yeah. Where just, I don't know how they managed to pull all of that off. It may have been that I was high, but holy shit. <laughs> but again... They had Bruce Wayne is a widthy guy and they had the right Batman width. Yep. And it's just anyway. <laughs> his like <laughs> he was wearing lifted boots. Mm-hmm. Which like they focused in a lot on. Like yeah. in in uh what's it called? The diegetic. Yeah. Except that's for music. You, I mean, I diegetically, he's got lifted boots. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way he stares people down. Yes. Was chilling. Yes. <laughs> like just, and he just did it to police officers. Mm-hmm. Like it's just anyone that ever seemed like they would kind of start to post up to him. Mm-hmm. He would immediately shut that shit down. Yeah. And it was just so, and like, and I, it comes across in such he got the year two thing. Just, it feels like it's his second year. Yeah. He's not a novice. 
He's but, he's scary, but he hasn't quite got everything figured out. Exactly. But, like, he's scary enough to everyone else. Yep. Like, except for, like, if Bane were to show up, he would, like, he wouldn't, like, stand <laughs> up to that. But to your average run-of-the-mill cop and, and goon on the street? Mm-hmm horrifying man <laughs> yeah there's the the one like stereotypical italian new yorker cop that <laughs> pops up a couple times that batman just like yeah it's like you're beneath me without saying a word mm-hmm. which uh another the other really good example i thought of the the three occurrences of a thing was batman's interaction with the mayor's kid where he kind of he stares him down oh. at the crime scene and <laughs> oh dude oh my god <laughs> just oh it's so good they they form that bond and then he saves him as bruce wayne and i i don't know if we're supposed to take away from that that the kid maybe has an inkling of what's going on or not i, yeah, I, don't, I don't think, think so. so um but just give him that second interaction and then the at the end the kid being the one to reach out of the yep. darkness to this batman that's turned the corner and become a hero and it's the thing that it's just he, well it's him realizing where he could because he <laughs> the first thing, the first one is he him seeing himself mirrored in the kid of yep. course and he's like okay i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna seek vengeance and that's not where he offers the most good and he yes. finds that out and the kid comes to him and it's so good it is so good god <laughs> Just it, again, the more I talk about this movie, the more I fall in love with it. <laughs> um, God, what else? Penguin. Penguin didn't exist a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. he kind of served his purpose to lead him to certain places. Yeah. No, that's not true. He was. He had quite a bit to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> again, not exactly comic accurate. No. But the best video or uh, like on-screen version mm-hmm. of that character you didn't like danny devito's turn as penguin and oh, batman returns from 1992 <laughs> it's just it is exactly what it's an ex, it's exactly what a real world real world version of the penguin is exactly it's is a deformed guy who uses fear and manipulation to just take over and take power yeah and then like panics Yep. When real threats come his way. Yep. And is an absolute slime ball. <laughs> yep. I I wish they hadn't blown the moment in the second trailer where um at, at the very oh, end Batman where Batman comes, comes through. through the fire and uh will like, ah! I got you. I got you. And uh I'd had no idea why Colin Farrell was cast in this role. I don't either, There's but a it was lot a of fantastic choice. But <laughs> and it's it just for the the fear in his eyes when he looks over his shoulder as the Batmobile's coming out of the fire. <laughs> that moment right there, that that justifies the casting. Just the way I think the last we see of him until the very very end, mm-hmm. uh, you just see exactly what the Penguin is when you strip away his power. Mm-hmm. It's just like a guy who has absolutely nothing yeah. when it comes to character, mm-hmm. like. Like actual, like not saying depth of character. Mm-hmm. The penguin lacks character. Yes. And when you take away his iceberg lounge, mm-hmm. he has nothing whatsoever. Yeah. And they absolutely showed that. Yeah. In every way possible. Yeah. Did you like the little uh, waddle that he did when he had his his I legs handcuffed? Actually, didn't notice that. <gasps> so many people have pointed that out to me. In fact, our friend Emily, I like I reacted. Me. I reacted at you when it happened, and I, I thought you responded. Didn't notice that. Uh, uh. uh 
Emily, our friend Emily Snapchatted me and she's like, we loved it. My favorite part was the, was the little waddle. <laughs> and I was like, I missed that. And oh my gosh. Bummer. I guess, I guess you have like to watch it, again. watch it again. Oh no. <laughs> um, God, who else? Okay. Now let's talk about the Riddler. Okay. We talked about this before. How <laughs> way back, way back forever when they were just starting this movie, mm-hmm. I was watching There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis playing yep. a guy, uh, a uh, oil mongol, mogul, mongol, mm-hmm. mogul, <laughs> uh, who will do anything in his power to grow his oil empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes a lot of moral downturns. Uh, including uh, abandoning his boy Uh, and coming to blows with a uh, pastor in a Southern church, Southern Baptist church played Mm -hmm. by Paul Dano, Mm -hmm. uh, who at the beginning is relatively normal. Mm -hmm. um, But then by decisions made by uh, Mr. Day Lewis uh, takes important things away from Mr. Dano's character, mm-hmm. and you see the decline of that character into absolute insanity. Yep. To the end of the movie, and at the end of the movie, I texted Matt and I was like, "Paul Dano would make an amazing Riddler." <laughs> to then look up exactly who was cast as Riddler to find <laughs> Paul Dano. Oh my god, dude! What a horrifying person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good (laughs) just like the absolute control over everything Mm -hmm. he has with him like barely ever being on screen yeah and then at the end revealing every single thing he's done Mm -hmm. like like back to that stomach drop moment and he's like i have had this all under control and the moment batman breaks a small part of part of the plan he just goes absolutely berserk and is like yeah. screaming and he's like, no, 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 no. This isn't part of it. This wasn't how it was supposed to this go. This wasn't supposed yep. to go. Like, it just like the absolute yeah. unhinged was like orgasmic. Yeah. I'll get into the ugly, but yeah, sure. I love that character. Like that. I feel like that is the Riddler version of what we got from uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's going to get an Oscar nom from this. It's he like, won't. He's like, hey, we're in the wrong season for this now. It's a February super, superhero movie and it had like 10 minutes of screen time. He's he's not going to yeah. get a supporting nod. But... He deserves it. He deserves it. Like that, it's just that, 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 I, that inter- interrogation performance mm-hmm. to me is like the equivalent of like the, um, the gala performance from Joker. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like absolutely in capturing yeah all the way through yep or the interrogation scene from or the interrogation thing that's also (laughs) (laughs) um it just oh my god yeah and can i also just throw out something else i appreciate um it would have been i I feel like i'm saying this a lot that it would have been very easy for them to fall into some particular trap that Mm. they didn't fall into but it would have been very easy for them to be like and here's the final step in Riddler's master master plan. I'm going to blow up all the retaining walls and flood the city and then have Batman just stop it just in time. Right. 
But letting that, that pay off. That's exactly what I thought would happen. I I thought while the bands were blowing up, I thought they were doing a Mission Impossible Fallout style fake out where they like oh. You remember you remember the scene in Fallout where like he's he's going over the plan with the the arms yeah. dealer goons and they're like, Okay, so we're gonna do this and this and this and it the the music sort of gets into this slow drone and yeah. then they, they show the scene and at the end of it, uh uh ethan hunt has to shoot a cop and then they cut away and it was just like him running through a scenario in his head and i wanted that scene exactly as it was not as a cutaway and i was so worried that they were going to do the same thing the hypothetical like that i genuinely thought as it was happening this is just oh it's just a vision it's just batman running through the hypothetical he's thinking how he's going to stop it but actually paying off that level of stakes yes that's awesome and that sets the that sets the stage for the next movie, yeah, is the villain gonna win? Because in this one, yeah. the villain won. Yeah, like, but that wasn't the point of the movie. No, it was the point was Batman realizing he's a hero. Yes, and like, and I love that he let that like the cost. It's like I've always said this. Like, with the exception of underdog stories, every victory needs a cost. Yes, the victory was him realizing he's a hero. The mm-hmm. cost was a lot of lives yeah to be frank (laughs) yeah (laughs) and oh god yes like i i'm flabbergasted that that happened yeah that was Uh, bold well i say it's bold but it was the right decision yeah oh yeah it would have been bold and stupid to have the him save the day yeah um because it like it if he's See, if he saved the day, it would have validated what he thought he needed to be at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And it was, like, exactly like you said. I I, I didn't really, like, kind of think about that whole bit until, like, you kind of pointed it out. Mm-hmm. That scene with the kid, the, the, um, the jumping to the, uh, the electric thing. Mm-hmm. And then guiding the people out. Mm-hmm. That is the crucial moment in Batman's like psychology yeah oh god michael giacchino we haven't even talked about carmine falcone yet oh shit yeah (laughs) you doof uh really good it was not the best part of the movie it was a weird interpretation of the character but i really liked it okay um john turturro like usually carmine falcone is like he's the scary hard-bitten mafia boss this was like gotham strangler origin story over here <laughs> yeah I, I i thought of that joke while i was watching the movie <laughs> and i was saving it for just the moment when you were taking a drink of water <laughs> but no like it, it's a it it's it's a creepy take on the character yeah. like it makes sense he's this guy in the shadows that he he stays safe and he just kind of pulls the strings in his own way only gets his hands dirty when he absolutely has to or wants to feel like they needed to do that with him mm-hmm. because the comic version of him is too close to what the penguin is in the movie yeah and having two of those i rule by loud fear mm-hmm. is just too much yeah and so you have the two very different types of mob boss mm-hmm. and how their downfalls are very different mm-hmm. the loud mob boss gets busted by the cop the the lieutenant gordon yeah. and batman yeah and the quiet mob boss gets busted by literally batman and catwoman yeah like 
It's just like, because the quiet one is a little more careful and doesn't get exactly caught by the police. Exactly. So they have to bend the rules to get him. Yep. Of course, it was the Riddler's plan all along to do that. But. um, Oh, God. And just like all the payoffs. Like. mm -hmm. And how Batman, like, he. A. Seven year in Batman would read into every single one and stop things happening before they got to the bringing him to the light. Yeah. But he didn't because he's only his second year. Yeah. And he like, he realizes it after the fact. He's like, Oh, bring it to the, damn it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michael Giacchino, Michael Giacchino, my relationship with that man, composer of the music, by the way, right. Listeners loved enterprising young man, his work on star Trek. Yes. His work in Doctor Strange, 100% derivative of everything he did in Star Trek. Just reorchestrated, Just basically. I am absolutely back on board with this man. <laughs> you didn't like Rogue One. That was that was him. I didn't. But you liked The Incredibles. But I love The Incredibles. Incredibles is good. That's him. Man, he is a... He's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of stuff, and he's very diverse. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. But really only like the stuff that I like. Yeah. Stop doing the stuff I don't like. He's like a. I feel like he's like an eighty percent composer for me. I, I feel like he's I, yeah susceptible to studios telling him what they want mm-hmm. from his music. So like with Rogue One, he was like they were like he had to build from Star Wars stuff, and so everything he did was really derivative of Williams' work. Yeah, and then he was hired for Doctor Strange because of his work on star trek yeah i can only assume because it's the exact same song yeah and with this one it was matt reeves going oh i want angsty nirvana you got that and he's like yeah i do (laughs) (laughs) which even just the song kind of connects thematically to everything and then like and then making the the batman theme kind of base off of that Mm -hmm. um i i liked the music I felt like it was the closest thing to a weak point for me in the big picture. I think when it comes to him being menacing and Mm -hmm. brooding and dark and slowly working towards him, Mm -hmm. fantastic song. The The car chase doesn't really like a fast paced action sequence doesn't really work with that theme. Yeah. I I thought I noticed that mm -hmm. during the car chase too. I was like, "Eh, this doesn't, like I, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah like so the the thing about the theme is it is a really nice just little musical element yeah. that you can do a lot of things with um and go back to the dark knight trilogy the batman theme in that one is just two notes ba, ba, yeah. and then and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they and he does all kinds of things just with that idea yeah. and inverting it and uh playing it into the ostinatos and um it, he makes very effective use of the versatile tool and i felt like giacchino in this one mostly was just like okay i've got this bum 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 i'm just gonna do that the yeah. whole time he didn't there were some moments where there would have been really cool ways to vary yeah. it that he didn't yeah um have we talked enough about good start? i haven't i haven't finished talking about the music right. okay um i liked what he did with catwoman stuff yes that's something i rarely notice music things mm-hmm I noticed the Catwoman theme good. and how he played that into like the broader stuff and like mm-hmm. tied it into like, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think 
I'm still learning how to like music. <laughs> Weird, but um <laughs> Weird for being a musician my entire life. Uh yeah, no, it's uh it's sort of it's slinky, it's sensual, it's sort of yeah. lounge music style, but it's not in your face about right. it. Um it uh, it's just it's very effective, it's low key and it can be played a little more heroically as yeah. the the situation demands. Um the Riddler's theme was I think really good. Uh, because it's the, it's just the Ave Maria theme, Oh yeah, yeah but yeah. like twisted really creepy. Yeah. That yeah. was something Matt Reeves asked for because he knew that the Ave Maria was specifically going to be important. There's another rule of threes thing from the, the movie, the Ave Maria. Yeah. Um, three times. yep. Played three times. And each time we get a little more information about what it means to the character. Yeah. And then we get why it's his twisted musical theme. Yeah. That's even, that's like another little meta mystery. Yeah. Like the whole time I was like, Okay this is nice why are we playing ave maria over the opening scene i don't know it would i'm gonna do it again it would have been so easy for it to just be a nice little aesthetic choice to oh we'll have some some nice little schubert over the top here but actually paying that off making that have meaning to the character and building that even into the score Ooh, yep so good so good what else just so much is good about this i feel like we got to start moving on all right otherwise we would just talk for freaking ever yep uh the not as good but still fine um i already said kind of one the mm-hmm. applying the batman theme to a fast-paced thing yeah didn't ineffective use of the batman theme yeah. which is a good theme yes um oh that's more ugly i think all of my issues are ugly let me let me hear your uh, little tiny little nitpicks. Um, I never loved the action. Okay, I felt like I was you know enjoying it just fine. There were no never particular moments where I was like, oh, this is stupid yeah. or anything. But there was never moments, with the exception of the little vengeance one shot right at the very right. beginning. That one's that's cool. Um, there were never particular moments in the action where I was like, okay, this is really cool. Yeah uh the car chase mm-hmm. i want to real quickly go back okay to good for a brief second the car chase i loved so much because they got caught in traffic yeah i don't think i've ever seen that happen in a car chase it's usually <laughs> Finally. Just like open roads and like they do amazing like turns and like the spin around thing and like mm-hmm. how are these people good at, car- at traffic or good at driving and then penguin gets caught in traffic yeah and like it's like like they do such a good job of instilling that fear of like you know that thing like that joke that when you turn the light off in your kitchen you sprint to bed because like once there's darkness there's things behind you yeah. it's like that yeah and he's like oh shit i can't go anywhere move move shit go go yeah <laughs> like yeah batman shows up absolutely amazing anyway um i kind of agree mm-hmm. honestly of anything about that movie i don't really remember the fight scenes yeah, um, Batman was a little bit just of a tank, yeah, which is part of the problem. That's that's one of the ugly uglies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the joke you made mm-hmm. uh, was the best Superman movie ever. <laughs> um, Batman can't just tank auto man auto auto rifles like that. Yeah. Um, this version can because he's just like a big block of metal yeah. apparently, but. Uh, I will say that, um, 
the cutting the lights mm-hmm. to get to Falcone mm-hmm. was a pretty good one. Yeah. It was just like the, the only lights are like the gunshots. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say, I don't think I would think that they're bad by any stretch. No, it's just, there was no moments I'd criticize. The movie did such a good job of instilling that this is a detective and like a, a noir movie mm-hmm. that I just kind of ignored the combat. Yeah, <laughs> which is amazing to do to a superhero movie. Yeah, that like the fact that I just forget about the action pieces. Yeah, when I don't remember anything that happens in Endgame except for the big hour long fight scene <laughs> at the end. Like it's like stark contrast to Marvel, where yeah. I basically only remember the combat. Yeah, but the, this one is like I remember everything else except for the little bits of combat. Yeah, do you think it would have made it worse if the action were better? Weirdly enough. No. Nah, if it was better combat, then it just would have been better combat. A little extra layer. Because, um, I mean, like, they never they never made it seem like he was incompetent. Because like, that's the right. other thing. Is, like, he's, the, he's the world's greatest detective and the second best at everything else. That's, like, mm-hmm. the thing about him. Yep. And so, like, he was still easily wiped to the floor with pretty much everybody. Unless he got literally shot, double barrel shotgun to the face. Yeah. Uh, or no, chest. Yeah. Which... Which... He pulls something green off his belt and injects himself. Is that a precursor to Venom, maybe? I think it was just adrenaline. But it was green. That's weird, right? Yeah, but Batman didn't, didn't invent Venom. Yeah, but also... It was invented by a dude on Santa Prisca to get Bane real bulky. Yeah, but also maybe... I mean, we could involve Wayne Enterprises in that somehow and have some some sketchiness there. I oh. I really felt like that was a deliberate thing. Here's my bad. Okay, but it's just it's 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 a bad that I can justify. Okay, or that that can have be justified. Bruce Wayne did not exist. Yeah, was absolutely non-existent in this movie. I think that was deliberate. It was but... deliberate, and I can and it's completely justifiable because like it's like. It's a noir movie, and you're focusing on that story. Mm-hmm. Don't intermix it with this, like, other story of, like, him putting on this other mask. Like, yeah. you have Batman, real Bruce Wayne, and Persona Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. That's three characters you have to introduce in a movie. Yeah. They kept it to the two. Yep. You get Batman and you get the Bruce Wayne that's like that's real and at home. Right. Um Yeah. And I think like the next movie they'll probably introduce like the persona, the public yeah. persona Bruce Wayne. He realizes that he has to have a bit of a public face. Exactly, because that's something he's uh he hates doing in the comics in general as mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. But in this one he's like, I won't. Like he's right. super resistant to it. Yeah. Um and I appreciate that. And mm-hmm. but uh I Still would have liked to see Robert Pattinson's portrayal of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, like the public Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because uh, we don't... How much do we have of Robert Pattinson being not angsty and pale? <laughs> uh, oh, Cedric. Cedric, yeah. You know, that's not a terrible... He's really likable in yeah. Tenet. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah, Tenet, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... I guess the problem is if he were out and about a whole lot, people would notice that he sparkles. So that's true. Yeah. Don't I'm sure to... I'm definitely the first one ever to have made that oh, joke. Completely the first. Yeah. Um, 
to be completely honest, wasn't sold on Andy Circus Alfred. Okay. Not unsold. Mm-hmm. Not like I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's just I feel the same way about Michael Caine. Okay. And and uh, uh Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen an Alfred Dunn live action that I love. Okay. Yet. Uh, so you're looking for more like the refined, snooty, sassy butler? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah, the refined, snooty, sassy butler that also spent years in the British Secret Service and mm-hmm. do not f*** with him. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. And okay. like, I don't feel like I've gotten that yet. Not really. Like, because that's what makes Alfred, like, appealing to me is mm-hmm. that he has this, like... He was in the British Secret Service for years and also like a Shakespearean actor. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of like the just a different version of Batman. He's just So he's basically a he's basically Christopher Re- Christopher Lee in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just the um like the, and also kind of the has absolutely no time for Bruce's shit. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like we've really got that. We keep getting, like, a supportive or, like, disappointed. But not like that I am... Stop being a dumb shit and just (laughs) do the thing I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... uh, I guess this does kind of bleed into ugly a little bit. But, um, yeah, I I understood the approach to Alfred. Mm -hmm. Um, They... uh, And they... Matt Reeves has talked about this, that he doesn't want it to be, like a lot of versions of Alfred end up being kind of paternalistic and taking care of him like a father. They wanted someone that is like deliberately not that because then they can kind of pay that off with the emotional scene where he's like, I wasn't a father for to you. I missed my, right. my chances to be a father to you. Um, which actually goes back to something in uh dark victory. Um, there's a, a scene where it's like side by side of black and white, bruce immediately after his parents are killed and dick grayson immediately after his parents are killed and alfred is like going with them through a couple rooms in the mansion and it's like basically the same thing the conversations are slightly different except there's one where alfred did not say anything to bruce and he did say something comforting to dick yeah and he's like he regrets that missed opportunity and they played off that kind of idea here yeah. with the the not paternalistic the one who's made his mistakes but is still there to help yeah yep and that's and that's why it's like a i'm not against it mm-hmm. it's because there's still a lot of qualities about each of those alfreds i'll even give a little credit jeremy irons the Snyderverse. that was a pretty decent alfred i liked it um just it's not there's just a lot of key aspects that is the backbone to Batman mm-hmm. that he like Batman doesn't exist without Alfred. Right. Let's be completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's the Sam to Batman's Frodo. One thing I will say, yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> flashback to good is that he didn't have Alfred just like to narrate to mm-hmm. the entire time in his ears. Mm-hmm. That's something that he does a lot in the comics and also in the Nolan trilogy. Mm-hmm. Is it Alfred's just like talking to him the whole time and like also giving him little clues of like, Oh, have you thought about this? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But like, this is Batman just on his own. Yeah. There's uh, they do a little bit of like, okay, he's helping, helping with the cipher, yeah. which 
makes a lot of sense. He's an old dude. He does crossword puzzles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty much all I got for bad. I can't. Yeah. Uh, to even scrounge up anything else, I feel like I'd be really scraping the bottom. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's just it's a really tight movie. Yeah. Um. They, and so. Spider-Man 3 is not a great movie. <laughs> no. Um, and a lot of people have leveled the criticism against it that the problem was that it had too many villains. Yeah. And I think in the last three months, we've refuted that conclusion entirely between Spider-Man No Way Home and this. Yeah. Um, no Way Home does rest on a lot of previously existing material, but this came in... Though, real quick, with No Way Home, there weren't a lot of villains trying to do things. It was kind of like the one main villain with his goal, right. and then everyone else were just characters. Yeah. With Spider-Man 3, it was venom you had to introduce develop and conclude you mm-hmm. had hobgoblin who had to introduce develop and conclude mm-hmm. you had uh who else what was the other one sandman sandman, sandman you had to introduce develop and conclude yep. three full characters you had to introduce develop and conclude yep they haven't had to do that in very many other movies yep but batman introduces riddler catwoman falcone and penguin and makes them all work. Yes. In one yes. standalone movie. Makes yeah. them all interesting characters in their own right. Does their own things and makes them feel satisfying. That's true. All of them were introduced. Developed. Some of them concluded. Yep. Some of them sort of come to a natural stopping point on their natural further progression. Such as being shot. Some of them just got <laughs> shot in the face. <laughs> um, End of the Ugly? Oh, I have one more good thing that I forgot okay. to talk about. Um, one more? Only one? Yeah. Um, the I'm going to do it one last time. Good lord. Just for the, just for the, the kicks and giggles. Um, it would have been super easy to do the sort of the, the Riddler goons really ham-fistedly um, and say, just be like, look at these alt-right trolls or whatever oh, it would yeah. be. But they, I think they did a subtle, not subtle necessarily, but like an organic, this is how radicalization actually happens. Yeah. Weird corners of the internet. People find a cause and angry, isolated young men are drawn to violence yeah. and they will go out and some of them on the very margins will go out and do horrifying things if they find, that particular cause and they they did that without ramming it down your throat right. it felt it wasn't they weren't necessarily making a point about it they were reflecting from something that actually does happen yes. and i thought that was really effectively done and it was like it was scary but it was it felt authentic right yeah, so i agree that's what i got so 2004 catwoman directed by pete off uh, another movie that uh, same direct, same music uh, composer. Oh, I think it's two thousand four. As Incredibles. Incredibles. Incredibles is two thousand four. Incredibles. I thought you meant same music as Catwoman, and no. I was like, oh, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Incredibles comes out. Boy, does it! And I saw that movie in theaters. I was eight. A, it was a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. That's a great movie. It was a classic. Edna Mode. Is that her last name? Mode. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always thought it was just like Edna Mode. Like it was like Preston Mode. Like yep. the mode. Uh, classic Edna, Edna Mode quote, no capes. <laughs> 2004. 
To which DC Comics was like, oh shit, our two main characters have capes. <laughs> How do we justify them having capes? Their answer to this was Superman's cape is bulletproof. Mm-hmm. He takes it off and is able to protect other people while he continues to do things instead of just standing in the way. Mm-hmm. So, also, something, ju- something ceremonial, Kryptonian robes or whatever. Right. So justifiable reason he has ro- he has a cape. Sure. Batman, not bulletproof cape. No. But when he's jumping off a building towards people mm-hmm. and he can fling his cape out wide. Mm-hmm. In canon, the reason he has a cape is so that he can spread his surface area and people don't know where his body is. Mm -hmm. And so that he doesn't have to be bulletproof. He can be bullet resistant, but he can reduce the number of times he gets hit by a bullet. Right. And make himself look bigger. Mm -hmm. Kind of defeats the purpose (laughs) when you have material (laughs) that is harder than literally tanks. (laughs) Um. That is one of my biggest uglies mm-hmm. is that he like, like again, back to your joke, best Superman movie ever. I, I, Batman doesn't tank bullets. Yeah. And it kind of defeats the purpose of the Cape. Mm-hmm. And like, he didn't even fly with the Cape. Like really this Batman didn't need a Cape. Yeah. <laughs> um, looks so pretty cool. It looks cool. That's one of the uglies. That's just that. Uh, and also a little bit of a comic book history for you. Well, thank you. Um, another ugly. I mean, Penguin is a short, squatty guy that <laughs> uh, rules by loud fear. So, and with a giant pointy nose. Yep. But, you know, this one's actually better. The Riddler. The Riddler's motivation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the Riddler's proper motivation is usually? Because you read that... I read zero year. Read zero year, but I can't remember if it's actually what the thing is, like what his thing. Let me take a run at it. Okay, I'll probably be embarrassingly wrong, but that's okay. You're probably pretty close. Um, he wants not only to be the smartest guy in the room, but to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room. But also, as the as because he's so smart, he wants to be challenged. Sorta. You're really close. Okay, I'll take it. He is so vilely uh narcissistic about his intelligence mm-hmm. that he will do anything he can to prove like you said to prove that he is the most intelligent okay the only person that keeps proving to be more intelligent than him is the batman mm-hmm. and he needs to prove he's more intelligent mm-hmm. so he needs to continuously challenge batman to his puzzles that he lays out for batman right and if he's just like, look, you can just prove I'm wrong. Batman doesn't. Batman doesn't Bane's probably around trying to murder people. So he's like, I'm not going to deal with your shit. Mm-hmm. And so the only way the Riddler can get Batman to play his games is if he, at the end of the puzzle, is a city-destroying event. Right. And so the Riddler doesn't just want to kill people. It's the only way he can get the Batman to play his games mm-hmm. so that he can prove that he's more intelligent. Right. He's not a psychological, not a psychopathic murderer. Right. In raw essence. Right. He is a absolutely just, uh, I feel like there are words I'm drawing a blank on. Um, I already said narcissistic and I need to be more variety and I have more variety. He's a narcissist. He's 
too smart for his own good. Um, and that's not what this Joker or the, what this uh, Riddler was. Yeah. Um, this Riddler had wronging that he wanted revenge on mm-hmm. and wanted to show the world mm-hmm. what they deserved. Yep. And it's a little more Lincoln March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not he, to bring that monstrosity back up. Honestly, I still kind of like that. Like, I don't know. It's just don't grow up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no. It, it, this one was like he used Batman as a tool, yeah. and while that is, while I really like that character, mm-hmm. like that that what that character is. That's a one and done kind of character. Yeah. And you know, that's fine. It's this yeah. isn't a comic book that needs to be constantly going all the time where they have to reuse characters. Mm-hmm. So it's totally fine that it's a one and done. Yeah. Um uh, that's just not what the comic book villain or uh guy is. And so does it serve the movie? One hundred percent. Yeah. I the stakes just would not have been there if it was a Riddler that just wanted to be smart. Yeah, no one would have, no viewer would have really bought into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the bat suit thing, honestly, I feel like that was a detriment to the character. Yeah, um, it just felt like he was invincible. Yeah, and didn't really feel like, and like they had to kind of like raise the stakes on that one with him getting double barrel shotgun point blank to the chest yep still survived so like yeah issues with that yeah um like you mentioned the falcone 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 Mm -hmm. a little bit different character we talked about why uh i think it was a good good decision it works um i talked about alfred ah that's pretty much it yeah. Um, I mean, with the exception of like the story. Obviously. Sure. The story is mostly made up, although the um, idea of flooding the city for some purpose comes from zero here. Yes. Uh, what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Where do we go next? I think that they are going to go with no man's land. Okay. Do tell. And so basically what happened in no man's land is that uh, a big old earthquake happened in gotham mm-hmm. um and for one reason or another because i haven't read it yet uh the federal government orders a full evacuation of gotham city mm-hmm. and that leaves it absolutely rife for the criminal plunderings and uh gang wars um and so while it's different circumstances mm-hmm. and Maybe that was one reason or another may not exist. Mm-hmm. The next movie, you have a city that is 100% post-disaster mm-hmm. and a penguin and maybe some other mob bosses out there. Because we're also talking year two Batman, yeah. which what happens in year one Batman, Mr. Harvison Dentally becomes Two-Face. He's a mob boss. Yeah. Uh, Do you think we'll get that story in the next one? I don't think we'll get the story of him turning into Two-Face. Okay. I think they may just... He's Two-Face. But for whatever grounded reason, he's... Like, maybe he's just got a scar all over his face. I could see it. Um, We haven't talked about the Joker yet, but apparently this version has a congenital disease that means he's always smiling. He's had it since birth. Oh, okay. I'm fine with that. I like it. No, uh, No blades in his mouth. 
Nope. Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, uh, they absolutely one hundred percent set up that to be where they go next. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already put all of those. It's a lot. It's Batman Cataclysm, Batman No Road to No Way, uh, No Man's Land, and then there's four volumes of No Man's Land. Jeez. It's a lot of reading. Yeah. I am stoked for it because apparently Yeet. it's a really good one. Um, so that's where I think they're going to go. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the website. Oh, yeah. Do we have any yeah. updates on that? Uh, I looked at it today or earlier today and it was like 82%. So, uh, for people who have watched it, if you stayed to the end, which you shouldn't because it's It's stupid, not a real post-credits. Um, dot com. Uh, which is the website that is in the um, in the movie is flash right at the end. And if you go to it, you get this website that's like this little uh, coding breakdown of like mm-hmm. the Riddler coding type of thing. Matrix crossover confirmed. Yep, it's green. <laughs> uh, and on HBO. Yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. Um, you get when it finishes loading. As I'm finishing loading, uh, it'll probably be done. It'll definitely be done by the time it's 92 percent right now yeah it's gonna finish up tomorrow yeah uh so we'll see what it who knows what you get when you go to it now but at the time of recording it has been it's just been this little flashing like percent like loading percent mm-hmm. uh and it's been going up one percent roughly every two hours mm-hmm. uh it started on the release it is 92 percent uh solid week after release I think it's going to be the reveal or the announcement of the green light of the next movie. I think that's the most plausible explanation. Um, there's also a picture that has a bunch of characters that are from the cipher of the movie. Mm-hmm. And if you decipher it, it says something along the lines of you think it's over, but I'm not done or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hugo Strange, maybe. Yeah. Maybe get some uh, Arkham Arkham stuff, because now we have... That'd be cool. Riddler and Joker in Arkham. Yeah, we could keep them in there, do some... Uh, get to meet the Joker that way, and then, like, end the Batman 2 with the Joker busting out. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, part of me doesn't want the Joker to be done, but also a big part of me knows that the Joker needs to be the last villain. Yep. Um, I don't want a single Nolan villain. Okay. Just because those were done okay enough mm-hmm. that they need to do something different. Hugo Strange is a fantastic one for second movie. Yep. And then Joker for third, except Joker, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Joker for the third. Yep. Uh, we talked a little bit about some other villains. Mm-hmm. Clayface is kind of hard to do. Yep. Poison Ivy would be a little more plausible. Poison Ivy would be a very good one mm-hmm. because clearly Matt Reeves likes to have commentary that is not shoved down your throat mm-hmm. and uh climate change is an issue and she's an eco-terrorist yeah um he has talked about having a concept for a grounded version of mr freeze that he's really attached to really yes okay i mean honestly no idea what that'll look like but like think about how much different riddler is yeah. than what he is in the comics like it could just be a doctor that's focusing on car- car- like a science like evil scientist mm-hmm easy enough yeah and is a thief or whatever and like he hires people to do things who knows yeah it's probably some good ways to do it um i mean you've got although i said no nolan movie no nolan villain so two-face two-face was such a despite how good that movie was two-face felt so just secondary 
to Joker. I mean, he's overshadowed by Joker, but kind of he's also the point of the movie. That's true. Good point. So he's more of a plot device than a character, I guess. Fair enough. Sorry, Harf. Who else? What other villains are there? Um, we talked about Scarecrow. What have we got? Clue Master <laughs> is the focus, like the center villain of the second movie, and it's just Batman going, are you kidding me with this shit? I just did this, and you're not as good at it. You're you're so, you're derivative. I <laughs> uh, can do Signal Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some options. There's some options. It's a, it's a heck of a rogues gallery. It is. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Bane. I wouldn't be shocked if that was a little Venom Easter egg. Something that they can play in that direction, at least. Yeah. I don't think Bane is someone you can do grounded in this world mm-hmm. without it just being what they did in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Just a kind of big, strong boy. Yeah. Mastermind. For the evil Superman. Mm. Dude, I would love if Matt Reeves, if we get a Reeves averse, mm-hmm. and he just like he just casts his own Superman, mm-hmm. and it just kind of turns into like, have you seen the? It's called the same thing, the Batman show, the animated show, the more recent one, uh, kind like twenty fifteen ish or so. I think it was like twenty thirteen, but yeah, I think so. Roughly in there. No, you should. Okay, it's good. It's on HBO Max. It is a solid show, and they like. Over two seasons, it's just just Batman and his mm-hmm. villains, and they slowly introduce other characters. Like they bring in Robin, mm-hmm. we get Robin, we bring in Batgirl, we get Superman, we get Green Arrow, we get like slowly mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, and then like eventually by the end of it, we've got the full Justice League. Sweet. And like the last couple episodes are like full Justice League thing. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely love that if we get that with Reeves Averse based yeah. on this. And he just casts his own people. Yeah. Like, they're doing the multiverse thing. Yeah. Do whatever you want. And then, like, third movie is just like, hey, look, I cast a new Superman. It's Henry Cavill. It's Hen- <gasps> <laughs> Honestly, though, I would love to see a redo of Henry Cavill Superman. Yeah. He's such a good choice. Yeah. But Snyder's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you rate it? Um... I came out of the theater at, with it as a low nine, okay. and then I kind of I ruminate on movies, and they kind of cycle up and yeah. down a little bit. Um, and it's trending towards high nine. I don't think I'm going to bump it to a ten yet. Um, I I think it's a better movie than Dark Knight. I didn't enjoy it as much. Okay. Uh, I'm going to kind of flip all that. Okay. I started as a high nine. Mm-hmm. It's a 10. All right. It's a low, it's a low 10. It's not perfect. Okay. Uh, but it, I, I can't, I, I can't not put this as a 10. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love this movie. Mm-hmm. This is my fourth 10 out of 10. Nice. Is How's a, it feel? Is it? happy that there is a bat like the, i have two batmans in my top 10 oh my god it feels so good for me to finally see dc figuring something out with movies yeah like after the snyderverse like it abandoning zach was the best thing they could have done yeah can i also just say just how nice it is felt for 
we have been excited about this movie every step of the way yes. since they changed from Ben Affleck as the director. I mean, even then we were like, okay, Ben Affleck does good crime noir yeah. stuff. Well, it'd be fun to see him direct himself. But like every step, okay, they bring every on Matt Reeves. Point. They bring on all this casting. Robert Pattinson. All right. That's a cool choice. I like it. And then the first teaser comes out at Comic-Con last year. Yeah. And it's just every step of the way we've gotten more and more excited for this movie and for it to actually pay off those actually, expectations when i walked out of the theater i was probably sitting at like an eight okay because it met my expectations mm-hmm. but the fact that my expectations were <laughs> so unreasonably high and it met them yep is just insane yeah Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah i just walked into my parents room like we recorded my parents house and mm-hmm. between episodes i walked out to my parents and i was like hey the batman movie is the best batman movie ever go watch it and walked away (laughs) (laughs) absolutely fantastic movie yeah everyone needs to go see it i really hope they don't downhill from here with sequelitis yeah (laughs) it's possible but matt reeves is good at his job yeah man i want to watch the new uh apes movies Mm -hmm. they're good they're not as good as this (laughs) yeah right (laughs) All right. Also, he only directed the second and third. Oh. First one is also quite good. Okay. But. I gotta watch the originals too. Do I? You need to watch the first original. Got it. Cool. That one's the only good one and it has all the references. Got it. Shoust we? We shoust. Boy, it is late. Yep. It's worth it though. It's 11-11. Make a wish. I wish the next Batman, I wish the next ever DC movies are as good as this. (laughs) They won't be, but (laughs) here's hoping. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can find this, this podcast and other episodes of our podcast. It was worth it. Yeah. Um, you can find other episodes of this on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, but not SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud. Thank you. Not SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us on social media, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod, on Instagram, the same handle, at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we have a Gmail, JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com, where if you'd like to send your Batman thoughts, we would be happy to read them on the air. And if you are even one hair less optimistic and positive about it as we are, we will make relentless fun of you for your stupidity and your wrong opinions about pop culture. I'm so glad you loved this movie as much as I did. Like, I was so worried you were like, it was all right. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I do that sometimes. I, I drag you down a little bit, but... It, this was a hard movie not to Never love. Never as hard as No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I just kind of sat like, there and I was like, "You're gonna go down." <laughs> I just, I said it was pretty good, and you were like, "It's great. It's terrible. I don't know what I did." <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. Look forward to next week when hopefully we can report that it's passing a billion dollars at the global box office. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I haven't looked at the most recent numbers as of recording. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll have a sequel announcement or something from the, the website by the time our next episode comes up. We should have something. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know all about that. It'll be, it'll be a good time and a fun time. And what do we got to look forward to next? Moon Knight? Doctor Strange? Coming this spring? Yeah. Yeah? Good stuff? Listen for those coming coming soon. And then Kenobi. Kenobi! Yeah, man. This is a, this is a good run of movies right here. Right now it's at 287 million. Does that sound right? Domestic or global? Worldwide. 
Domestic is 164 million. Okay. Yeah, that sounds plausible. Oh. It was at 123 domestic coming off the weekend. Um, so a little more over the week makes sense. And then um I feel like it's something without as big of a international market. So still killing it. Yeah. Keep it rolling. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.